0: Hi, I'm John Armado with another Easy Jazz Spotlight for Easy Jazz FM, and today I'm talking with an extraordinary vocalist and an extraordinary person, Lisa Henry. To the best of my memory, Lisa and I first met and worked together sometime in 1984 in Kansas City. I believe we were playing a gig at a place called Mary Ann's on Main with an incredible B3 player named Everett Van. Everett and Lisa were both swinging their butts off, and I was just trying to keep up. But even though this was right at the start of my playing years, I'd already worked with a lot of seniors, and I distinctly remember thinking, oh, this one's something special. And she was. But don't take my word for it. Praise for Lisa's sultry voice, swinging sensibilities, and stylist approach to the music has been effusive from some of the jazz world's most respective A-listers, such as Rosemary Clooney, Brady Tate, Herbie Hancock, Kenny Burrell, who simply said, She's got it, (laughs) and she does got it. Lisa caught their attention and many others in 1994 when she became a winner of the Thelonious Monk International Jazz Vocals Competition. The competition quickly became an elevator ride to rarefied air, and soon she was touring Africa, performing at the Summit of the Americas in Chile for 34 heads of state, and appearing as the Institute's featured vocalist for more than a dozen national jazz education tours. Other highlights include her appearance on international tours through India with Kenny Garrett, Southern and Eastern Africa with T.S. Monk, and South America with Herbie Hancock. Throughout her stellar career, Lisa has and continues to share the spotlight with many other world-renowned artists, including Anita Baker, Clark Terry, Nina Freelon, Kenny Barron, Rory Hargrove, Kevin Mahogany, I miss Kevin, Frank Mantooth, Terry Lynn Carrington, and Wayne Shorter, to name a few. Then there are accomplishments, such as appearing in the televised PBS special In Performance at the White House, and BET documentaries, and recording CDs, including, much to my joy, making a guest appearance on my recent album, The Drummer Loves Ballads. In fact, I wrote the one original composition on the album specifically with Lisa's voice in mind. It's a voice that many have compared to Sarah Vaughan, but Lisa is simply Lisa. She, more than any other singer I've known or worked with, is, in my opinion, a song stylist. She makes every song her own. But she's more than a performer. She's a jazz educator, working with students from preschool to university. She's also deeply involved in community and social equity work, often facilitating uh, what she calls the ugly conversation about race in America. She has a beautiful heart as well as a beautiful voice and a one of my all-time favorite smiles. Let me also note that not long ago, Lisa survived a life-threatening brain aneurysm. So Lisa, when I say, I'm glad you're here, I really mean, I'm glad you're really still here.
1: Good <laughs> so, to <be> welcome. here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so welcome, Lisa. Thank uh, you so a, much. That was a long windup for a conversation that's been a long time coming. We have do overdue to just sit and chat for a while, but um, uh, I want to start with your take on that first memory. Did I get it right? Do you recall that Marianne's on main gig? Does that sound about right to you?
2: Yes, it, it does. And I was smiling because first of all, the fact that you remembered it. <laughs> I'm sitting here. When was that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And you know, it's funny because as you're talking, I'm going down memory lane and I'm looking at, my my brain is doing all these these little thumbnail snapshots of everything. And it's just incredible. I mean you and yes, you 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 you've been there through the whole thing. So
0: yeah, you <laughs> It's been a few years. <laughs> it's
2: it's it's been a few years. So no, you actually got that right. Wow. What a what a ride.
0: <laughs> well and I you know mention everything. And uh, he, for those who don't know, he was this incredible B three player, and, and lost him a little a short time ago. He was a real mentor to you. If I yes. How did you first connect with Everett, and what did he teach you? What did what did you uh, what did he bring to your formative years?
2: Oh gosh, that is that is such a big question. So. Let me talk about how we how we connected. It's actually quite funny. So my mother would uh, bring me to jam sessions in Kansas City as she heard about them, and so there was one happening at um, the the Epicurean Lounge. I mean, I'll never forget it.
1: Sure. And so yeah.
2: Everett did. I believe it was Sunday nights there, and um, so I signed up on a little piece of paper. You know, I, I want to sing, and so on the break. Uh, my mother she said "Well, go up and talk to him and you know Everett was a very big imposing man at that time and of course I later learned just the heart of gold and just very yeah. soft man but he had that exterior and I said I'm not talking to him mom you go ask him and she said you're the one who wants to sing you gotta <laughs> learn to talk to people <laughs> and I mean I'm I'm 17 years old okay so imagine a 17 year old totally green. I don't know anything. And Everett Devan, you know, and he's playing this, the very, it's not only that he was imposing, the B3 was imposing. Oh, that
0: instrument is a beast. Yeah. Oh,
2: it is a beast. And so (laughs) I'm just I'm I'm overwhelmed, really, because I had not up to that time um, I had only played with piano accompaniment. So to play with a B3 was like what am I getting myself into and who is this guy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So finally, yeah. so finally, I, I you know, I, I worked up the courage and I'm going to do my best Everett Devan impression. He says, um, so I go up to him. I said, well, sir, I, I'd like to sing. He says, okay, what do you want to sing? And I said, um, I'd like to sing summertime. What's your key? So I gave him my key. I think I was in C. And I'm so impressed he said, you oh,
0: knew hey. your key in age 7 Right. That's impressive. Well, impressive. Yeah.
2: Yes. And let, let me tell you, so. That's that's what he later told me impressed him is that I came on the bandstand and I did know my key because I didn't realize that many singers did not know their key when they yeah. came up yeah. and so after I sang he, he he liked what I did and he had a vibraphone as Kent Means who was playing with him and so Kent was very complimentary afterwards so I I just felt good that I got through this song with because again I'm looking at this imposing instrument. And this man, who it just he just looks like you know this this gladiator
1: <laughs> of the three, you know, yeah. And I'm yeah. like,
2: oh my god, am I going to do okay? And afterwards, he he said uh, he, he he told my my told my mother he said, you know, please please bring her back. And that's man. how everything literally started. Wow. I mean, it was nice. it was just that simple.
0: And it, you know it's so important to have those people who give you even that first sliver of encouragement. I mean that that I mean look what it set into motion, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I I knew I could sing, but there's a very big difference now that I have wisdom. There's a very big difference, you know, knowing and being comfortable and being able to sing and executing that in the musical environment with an audience. With a
0: B three, with a vibe
2: player, you know, and being able to yeah. to to connect with band members that 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 was a new thing for me. And so, your your question of whatever it brought to me, what he taught me, this man taught me everything in terms of looking at the musical um, scene on the stage as a team player and looking at it from from the vantage point of an instrumentalist. That was important. Mm-hmm. Because we would, we would have, we would have, we would have rehearsals and he would say to me, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to turn you into an instrumentalist who happens to sing. Okay. Because he wanted me, you know, there was that wisdom and I didn't understand it then, but I later, I later understood and exactly why he did that because. He said, and I'll never forget it, he was so funny. We were in the middle of a song, we finished, he says, I need you to know something. We don't like singers. (laughs) 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 He said that to me. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. And then after that, he says, and so you're gonna be a singer who knows stuff. And and by know stuff, he meant when when, when the gig was over and I was in my little pretty shiny dress and I thought I could go home, he made me wrap chords. Yeah. I mean, literally wrapping chords. Yeah. Um, you know, packing up because it I, and I needed that because I needed to see that, you know, it's not all about just walking on the stage and walking off. The whole he need he needed me to see how all of this was put together. He needed me to see that yes, we gotta break down the drums, we gotta, you know, we gotta haul yes. this stuff out, we gotta haul it in, and that's the life. That's, that's the part no one sees.
0: Yeah, you know, but, you know, it's it's such those are such good lessons. And, and you're triggering a memory. Uh, another mutual friend of ours, Julie Turner, who, of course, is such a legendary Kansas City. Jazz yes. Singer. Uh, I remember the first time I got off a gig with Julie, you know, because mo- so much of the time she worked with her husband, Tommy, on drums, which always made me jealous. He's <laughs> an incredible player. But but uh, probably through Steve Miller, where you and I got in a lot of work together, a society yes. band leader. I think it's probably when I started working with with Julie as well. But I remember being so impressed in, in small group settings. She took complete control. She called the tunes that she wanted to sing. She set the tempo. She knew where she wanted them. She she knew styles. And and not to not to um, belittle other singers uh, who maybe didn't learn those lessons. But there were gigs where there was a vocalist out front, but they were waiting for the band to run the show. And And it's like, oh, whatever tempo you want to I don't know my key, whatever. Uh, But it was so refreshing to work with people like you and Julie who had a vision for their own work and knew what they were doing as musicians.
2: Absolutely. Yes, you are. Oh, gosh. The lessons that Everett taught me. And sometimes he taught me lessons and I wasn't too happy, but I got the lesson eventually. (laughs) So he would ask me to count off a tune, right? And I count he had, and he would play it exactly the way I counted it off. Oh. And then I, you're right, right. <laughs> and then I'd say uh, maybe not. And so after he played it, he would tell me, "Okay, so we're on a bandstand. You count it off that way. That's how it's going to be. So you need to be very clear what yeah. you want from this tune, because as soon as you set it in motion, think of it as like you know this this rock going downhill. It's going to keep going." you don't get to stop 5 and 6 times and say no i don't think i like that we have an audience in front of us so in terms of in terms of being very clear with how how i wanted to present my art everett really did that because before then um i think i probably was i wasn't exactly one of those singers that would wait for the band i had an idea of what i wanted to do but didn't yeah. always know how to articulate it to to the accompanist or to the musicians around me. I didn't know how to say, "Hey, John, can I have brushes on this?"
0: Yeah, right. You know. Right. So yep.
2: he he taught me that language and so now I teach other singers the language. I teach them, "Okay, what do you want the drummer to do? How do you want the bass to sound?" Because that's right. how I was taught. And so hopefully yeah. you'll you'll see a crop of singers if they've come through the Lisa Henry School of you know (laughs) vocal sensibilities, they'll know those things. They know their keys. They know how to set their own tempo, and yeah, that that's so important. That is so important. And Everett did that for me, and I'm I'm Mm -hmm. grateful.
0: Well, what, how special to have those lessons so, you know, intentionally brought to you rather than just having to sort of pick it up gradually. He, he you know, I, I always admired him as a musician. I didn't know him in that role as a mentor, and I'm mm-hmm. um, envious that you had that sort of experience with them. I think that's, that's incredible. Let's actually, um, give people a taste of your music so they know what we're talking about. We'll pause, we'll listen to for a moment. Come back and talk some more. And, I'm uh, actually, you know, for those who follow these Easy Jazz spotlights, you may know that we typically just play one cut. Co- I'm planning to play two on the show, um, because, uh, there's sort of a unique opportunity. Lisa and I just discovered as we were chatting, getting ready for the show. Um, the first time we recorded together would have been 1994, uh, mm-hmm. for Lisa's, for your demo for the Thelonious Mike competition. Um, and I happen to have, uh, digital uh, <laughs> copy of that cassette tape from 1994. Wow. Uh, and then later in the show, we'll play our more recent recording uh, outing together on my album, but uh, let's listen to, uh, it was just one of those things. And Lisa, help me remember, I I, I was on drums. It was Gerald Spates on bass, right? Yes, and yes. And was it Dan DeLuca on piano?
2: I, I believe it was Dan, may he rest in peace. Dan DeLuca, yeah. yes.
0: Incredible guy, all over the keyboard, and you—you sound, you sound terrific. So let's pause and listen to just one of those things. This is Lisa Henry's demo for the Monk Institute competition in 1994.
3: It was just one of those things. Just one of those fabulous flings One of those bells that now and then ring Just one of those things It was just one of those nights Just one of those fabulous flights A trip to the moon on Gossamer wings Just one of those things If we thought a bit of the end of it When we started painting the town We'd have been aware that this love affair was too hot not to cool down. So goodbye, goodbye, goodbye dear amen. Here's hoping that we meet every now and then. It was great fun, but it was just one of those things. It was just one of those things. Just one of those fabulous flings. One of those bells that now and then ring. Just one of those things, it was just one of those nights, just one of those fabulous flights, a trip to the moon on Gossamer Wings, just one of those things, if we thought a bit of the end of it, when we started painting the town, we'd have been away.
0: It was Lisa Henry, and, and uh, from her demo for the Thelonious Monk Jazz Vocals Competition in 1994, with a bit of a burner. It was just one of those things. I remember being a little scared of that tempo, but it was. <laughs> uh, but you it know was, what strikes me, Lisa, Lisa? when we listen to it today, what strikes me is your 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 musicality and your musicianship and your professionalism. I know you're going to tell me has matured with wisdom over all these years. <laughs> but your voice uh, still has that that breezy, easygoing, fluid, flexible feel to it. I don't feel like there's any vocal quality that's diminished over the years. I mean, that, that goes back 30 years, right? Wow, now, almost yes. 30 years. Are you intentional about the way you take care of your voice? And would you agree to, or, or do you feel like your voice has changed?
2: You know, that's an interesting question. So, um, I remember, I, I I took a semester of opera training when I was younger, but about 19 or 20 and I'll never forget my, um, instructor, Dr. Bill Cruzmart, wonderful man. He told me, and now I'm, I'm a young woman. He says, you're not going to hear your best voice until you're in about your forties or fifties. Really, That's what he told me. Yes. And so, um, what I did in 94 when I look back at some of some of those recordings um and then I listened to to your CD and uh, at the Trocadero he was right he was absolutely right so I'm I feel like I feel like the voice is um it's you know it's mellowing a little bit
0: more yeah. um, it's even richer it's, isn't it
2: yeah it's 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 doing its thing and it's yeah. I kind of follow where, where where it's going. My I have I have lower notes now, and you know, <laughs>
0: it's, yeah. a little
2: bit, a little bit sexier, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hard to imagine it being even sexier.
2: But but yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey as a singer to watch the vocal quality, you know, take shape, and of course with the wisdom, I I now feel like I have. I have more um, more things to say musically because mm-hmm. I've lived, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you put that with the fact that the voice is deepening and, and doing some extra things. I think it gives it a different artistic quality.
0: I really do. You, you know, uh, that's interesting. And I hadn't really thought about um, the fact that there is a sort of a natural... I, I guess a lot of seniors, they have to lower their, maybe change some keys as they get mm-hmm. older, as their voice ages a little bit. And, um, but mainly what I just hear is it's just, it, it, it hasn't, hasn't cracked. It hasn't tightened up. It hasn't, you haven't lost your ability to, uh, to do any of the wonderful things that I remember enjoying 30 years ago as well. You know, and I'm thinking about, we recently lost Tony Bennett. Um, yes. and in a lot, and a lot of the, the, the obituaries and write-ups, they talked, uh, about, how he had his bel canto exercises that he continued to to mm-hmm. to to practice even in his final final years do you go through vocal exercises are you very careful about what you drink and how you care for it i mean be, because it does seem people who are intentional about taking care of their voice are rewarded for it later on
2: absolutely and that and and i'll i will be totally transparent um i I try very hard to get into a set routine of, you know, doing the vocal exercises when I should. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good with that as I should be. Yeah, um, right, no. yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're younger, you're always practicing and doing things and then, then life begins to life <laughs> and you're just, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of fit it in when I can. Um, yeah. but, but now I will tell you, um, my exercises now, they they center more around, for example, songs that I've always wanted to do very well, but never quite got them, you know? And so if there's like a scat section, or even if it's an instrumental section, I was listening to um, to Freddie Freeloader, um, mm. Miles Davis, and so I tried to scat. The horn line, or I try to scat, you know, the saxophone. So I'm, I'm doing things like that to, you know, to strengthen my ear and also, you know, uh, strengthen my scat skills and all of that. So, so I do, I do those things. And again, it's, it's thinking in terms of being an instrumentalist as Mm. opposed to just a vocal, although I'm not just a vocalist, but I just feel like when I, when I attack things from that angle, then it makes me a better vocalist, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's several things in there I want to follow up on. Uh, uh, so uh, let's come back to, you mentioned things that you, tunes that you want to s- sort of conquer or, or approach that you have. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about what some <laughs> of those pieces are and, and what's kept you from them so far. <laughs> but but let's start with, uh, you, you talk about scat singing, and that's one of the... the, the um, the signature um, elements that you bring to your music—it's—it's uh, it's kind of interesting to me, even among newer singers. And well, I, I don't know that's generational, but it doesn't scatting doesn't seem to be as popular as it once was, or as embraced. Uh, or you might get a little sort of you know uh, moment of it from somebody who's got a few licks, but not really cultivated as a as an ongoing part of their skill set. And it's always been a big part of what you do and do so well. Where did that come from for you?
2: Oh gosh, I've always I've always loved it. And I I loved it when I couldn't do it. I mean it was you <laughs> know, I was really and I and that's yeah. always been and I'll tell you, um this probably started when I was around in eighth grade, and this is no this is no lie here. I I listened to I listened to a lot of Ella Fitzgerald and a lot of Sarah Vaughn and I was in awe of how they could switch so effortlessly from a song that had no scat to them burning on the scat and matching with the horn. I mean, I just, I thought to myself, that's, that's the difference between being an employee and a business owner. Okay. (laughs) A business owner can not only sing the song but scat when necessary and trade fours with the horn player, with the bass uh-huh. player, with uh-huh. everybody around them. And I said, and even even not knowing it, John, because again I'm in eighth grade, so I don't have the vocabulary to right. really explain what I'm experiencing. But instinctually, I knew if I wanted to be a singer of a high, of a higher caliber, that that was. That was the template. It was Sarah Vaughn. It was Ella Fitzgerald. It was Carmen McCrae. That was the template. So yeah. I so I set out to, you know, every time I felt a little uncomfortable, I would try it again. And I kept trying it and trying it. And, you know, some of my earlier scats were awful. Thank God I didn't record all the early stuff. But That's how we as,
1: learned.
2: right. But as I started listening to more instrumentalist and this is really the key and even like when i when i scat now i do a lot of things with drummers so Mm -hmm. like you know if let's say mike mike warren who's a wonderful drummer here um he'll do he'll do a pattern on the drum and i will scat in the same pattern that he just played so yeah so those things i felt like i i You know, John, I never wanted to be, quote, just a singer. Right. I wanted, I wanted to be an artist and there's a difference.
0: Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I love that. And actually I'm going to call an audible here and I'm going to throw in another clip that we hadn't discussed, but there was, uh, we had a very cool experience when we were in the studio together a few years ago, working on my album And, and we had planned, uh, at the Trocador, which I'll play here momentarily, uh, as a feature for you, but in the studio. I had t- mentioned to John Cushon, wonderful mutual friend, drum mm-hmm. producer. Uh, you know, gosh, I've always thought about doing just like a drum and vocal thing. Maybe Lisa and I can do something. He's like, yeah, that's cool. It's, you know, ask her whatever. We were on a break. I had gone to the restroom. You were still in the booth, and you just started just making some sounds. Yeah. And I stepped out of the restroom, and Cushon grabbed my arms, like, get in there. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just shut up. Get in there and play. And... uh <laughs> And you and I started doing this interaction together. So actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, let's take a, a break real quick and pop in a, a little piece of Messing Around, <laughs> yeah. which was the name we gave it because we were, you said, messing oh, around. I was Messing Around. I love that. Uh, but, but let's let people hear a little bit of this drum and scat kind of stuff that you're talking about because it was so much fun to do together. This is Lisa it Henry fun. and me uh, on a spontaneous take uh, in the studio called Messing Around. Here we go.
1: Bum, bum. Ba bang bang ding. little little bit Shall you about and about and do. Bum ding with ding Little do, 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 little little do, little do, little do, little do, little do, little little do, little do, little do, little do, little do, do, little do, little do, little do, little do, little do, little little
3: I think that's oh, great. Oh, I, I was just
1: was messing, messing around. No,
3: that's
2: cool.
0: <laughs> that was so that, much fun. That was that was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. It really a highlight memory for me. You know, uh people talk about what makes jazz jazz. And of course, one of the Fundamental principles is improvisation and spontaneity. And, uh, you know, I, Kushan and I were very careful in mapping out this album. That was the moment of most unfettered joy of let's just get in and make some music yeah. together. <laughs> and, and it's a great taste for people of your scanning abilities. So, but speaking of recording, so you, you had, you had done two CDs, which I think are both out of print, unfortunately, but there was Live from 18th and Vine and mm-hmm. Jam Session, I believe, yes. right? Where, yes. Um, yes. Are there are there places you would encourage people to go check out other recordings that you're on that they can hear?
2: Yeah, right. Well, so so here's here's what my plan is Um, you. uh, Yeah, so now that. Now that we have the brain all together and everything, I'm. Uh, we'll
0: come back to I'm, that. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be doing a lot more recording, so I just ask people to be very patient. Um, if you real, if you want to see me sing anything, you can go on to YouTube. There are lots of YouTube clips out there. Great okay. videos, yes. yeah. Yeah. So just go ahead and punch in Lisa Henry. But I'm I'm very hopeful. At least within the next year, year and a half, I'll be all of those past albums will be back in print. And oh, uh, great. yeah. That's the that's the hope. So yeah, but okay. definitely I miss recording so much, and um, yeah. So now, hey, life life has given me some new lyrics. So yeah. So yeah. stay well, tuned. Let's
0: let's talk about what you've alluded to here, and I mentioned in the in the introduction, but you, uh, we almost lost you a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, you had a brain aneurysm, and um, and tell us about that experience, uh, and and what it's meant to you as an artist to go through something so serious and to recover from it and to then continue living life with that in your rear view mirror. Wow. That's that you who you said a mouthful that
2: that is always in my, <laughs> that is al, always in my rearview mirror. It always is. And let me tell you, um, I am, I am, I am as humbled as a human being can possibly be. Uh, when you, When you have danced with death, and that's exactly what it was, uh, yeah, you, you come out of that experience changed. And it's, it's, it's very interesting because sometimes I can't, I can't have these conversations, um, as deeply as I want to. Uh, because, you know, people kind of, thought, oh my God, she's weird. She's gone all, sp- you know, weirdly spiritual. But the thing is, <laughs> um, and yes, I am a spiritual person. One of the things I know for sure is that there are, there is a force greater than myself because that is why I am, I am here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not because my body was so strong and it just fought death off. No. Um, when you're talking about issues of the brain, that's that's very sensitive, and the fact that, you know, it happened and I'm cured, uh, and by cured I mean they could put a coil in that spot so that I wouldn't bleed out, you know, and I can talk to you in full sentences and not need a speech therapist, which right. a lot of people do. Um, right. that's, that's nothing less than a miracle to me, and… Yeah. The way that it happened, I remember the day so well. It was uh, it was on the ninth of December, and we were we were looking forward to having you know the you know the regular teachers' time off during during the holidays. So every teacher I knew was kind of dragging. You know, we're tired. We're mm-hmm. really, <laughs> but that's that that just kind of goes with it. And so my son, I remember he he kept telling me, "Mom, you're just looking." you're just looking a little more worn out than usual. Why don't you stay home? And he told me that a couple of days. And this particular day, I listened to him. I said, you know what, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take your advice. I am gonna listen to you. So I said, well, I'm, I'm home all day. What can I do, because I, I like to be productive. I said, well, I do need to do a little bit of grocery shopping. So I went, I drove myself to the grocery store, came back home, parked the car, when I reached for the groceries on the passenger side, that's when it happened. So, yeah, so when you, so I look at all of these things as just sheer miracles. The fact that it didn't happen as I was driving to or from, you know? Um, And I had enough, I had enough energy to walk to where my neighbor was and tell her to please call, Now she happened to be outside just you know, outside wow. catching the yeah. I mean, it just all of these things. Now,
0: and, what were you experiencing? Was it this explosive pain, or was it a, well, a vision issue? Or
2: yeah, this is the thing. It it was like a very bad headache, and I don't and I don't normally get headaches. Yeah, it's just not something that that I normally experience. And it was in the it was in the back of my head, and then everything went gray and then black. Wow. Yeah, and it was. It was a surreal experience that I can't, you know, the only way that I can explain it, it would be like, you know, walking down a dark hallway and you hear, you hear people, but you can't, you can't respond back. You can't do anything. It's, it's like being, you know, sort of locked in your own body. And, um, I, mm. I, I remember the paramedics, um, they asked me, you know, my son's name, where he worked and, you know, just kind of what day it was Just trying to see where I was. Yep. Yep. But then I went back in to this sort of dark grayish place. But the interesting thing about it, because I always thought, because I'm, I'm, I'm such a scary cat about, you know, anything, spiders, everything. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I'll probably be scared to death. I probably would be. And, uh, um, interestingly enough, when I was in that sort of, dark grayish black valley, whatever that was, there was no fear.
0: No kidding. That's
2: fascinating. There was no fear. And I, 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 I can't explain it to you. Um, I don't know what that was. Um, like I said, there was something higher than myself. Now, when I tell people the story, I said, well, so this is why I got to stay. This is my version of it. So, Gabriel came down. He saw that I was all laid out, you know, unresponsive. So he goes up to God and he says, okay, we got her down there. What do you want me to do with her? And so God says, oh, Lisa, Henry, the one with the big mouth, who's still fighting for justice and all that stuff. And she's kind of a rabble rouser sometimes. No, leave her down there because I got stuff to do up here and she'll get in the way and she'll (laughs) want to change curtains and everything. So no, let her stay. And so that's how I got to stay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, uh, we're very appreciative to all involved. Now I know you had you had great medical care. You've talked about it in social yes. media. Yes, you've, you've your doctors were amazing. And uh,
2: St. Luke's Hospital, so Doctor Martin. Yes,
0: that's Rockstar. so so great to hear. And you know. Uh, I don't want to minimize the recovery, but I want to leap ahead here a little bit because I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of medical stuff and things that you had to do to sort of get back on your feet. Yes. But what did, what were your thoughts about music as you were recovering and, and taking steps out of the black and gray and back into a little bit of the the daylight, so to speak? It was, was What role did music play for you at that point?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, Well, I will tell you that was one of my biggest fears when I finally came to, I had to be intubated. So once they took the tube out and they started to do various therapeutic um, exercises with me, I was concerned. I said, okay, am I going to remember music? Am I going to remember song lyrics? And I, you know, just those basic things, because that's where I live, you know, I live in the lyrics. So... A beautiful thing happened. My my son had come to the hospital after another grueling day of working and taking college courses. He's such a rock star to me. And um, so he brought, um, he he put on his playlist a whole bunch of Christmas songs. And so the way the story goes, I sang Christmas songs in my sleep from about 7 p.m. all the way close to midnight.
0: Is that right?
2: Yes. The, all, all the nurses say, "Yeah, you just kept singing and singing and singing." Oh my god! So, that's amazing. Yeah, and, I didn't right, know. That. And so and so, when my son saw me, he he told him, he said, "Yeah, she's gonna be all right because she knows all the Christmas songs." And yeah, that
0: that's was, beautiful. That's
2: yeah, amazing. that was that that was one of those real God-like moments because you know everything is up there. I mean, and it, it's so it's crazy. I was telling a friend of mine the other day. I said. You don't really think about your brain often, do you? I mean, you just—it's just there, yeah. and you don't think about it until something like this happens. And so, um, yeah, it was—it w- it was amazing. And Christmas is one of my favorite times of year, so yeah. you know that was—that was a big deal. So I—I I was very excited. The medical team was very excited because they knew that my cognitive ability was still there, and I was—I was remembering things um it was it was amazing so just wow. I was just so
0: happy gosh well I, I can only imagine and, and I am too I'm glad you're still singing and swinging and uh, yeah. you know I, I want to connect a couple of dots you're talking about your your spiritual orientation that sort of thing and if I remember correctly you were raised in a Baptist church yes. uh, was that did that influence your your musical tastes or or uh, experience at all
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one, one of the things that I learned in the Baptist church, uh, because there is a lot of improvisation going on, um, uh, is the ear training. Mm-hmm. So even when people didn't know their key, they could, they could hear what was going on. So having that, having that Baptist background and, and of course growing up in a, in a home where my mother was playing, she was playing Aretha Franklin Al mm. Green, she was playing real singers, you know. <laughs> yeah, she that's was. She, yeah, she she was playing the good stuff. So yeah, I in between that and the Baptist church, and that was also during a time where there were a lot of musical music programs in schools. So I was lucky enough to be in school systems that had music. So I had I, I call it my three hundred and sixty music experience as I was growing up. Um, yeah. I, I had it in the church. I had it in school, I had it at home. So I oh, think wow. I, I love that. yeah, I think I think that that's a real blessing. It's a real blessing.
0: You know, um it, it's it, it it's incredible to hear about these various influences and to think about how your modern influences or you know, later professional influencers uh, came from such incredible A list celebrities. So, you know, you talk about these early days of the church, your mom at home, school teachers, and those are powerful, meaningful influences for all of us. But then you go on this journey, you do the, the, the monk competition, you get recognition, you start doing these things. And next thing you know, now it's not the church and mom and, and school. It's Kirby and Wayne and Kenny. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's crazy. So I want to I want to uh, play a little rapid fire round uh, here with you. I want to give you a name uh, that you, somebody you've been in, involved with in your professional career that's influenced you or that you've performed with, and I want I want you to give us just like a couple of top thoughts, memories, wisdom. Let's start with Rosemary Clooney. Uh, oh my what, gosh, what comes to mind for, for you for Rosemary Clooney?
2: Oh gosh, Rosemary was funny she was amazing complimentary um oh her stories Rosemary was a storyteller I love her she she tells this wonderful story of um, of, of going to Italy and uh, and meeting the Pope now again with Rosemary I didn't know if it was true or not but my she had everybody in stitches <laughs> well no she met the Pope that part is true so okay. so so she says she goes up she she goes to meet the Pope. She's, you know, she's doing the whole, you know, nice to meet you, your holiness, da da. da. And and the Pope sneezes. And she says, Bless you. And so her story is I bless the Pope. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She she's one of my she you can't listen to her or watch her in movies without just wishing you'd had a chance to be her friend. That's Oh the, my god. With well, yeah.
2: and and I have to tell you this, and this is such a I, I almost, I tear up when I think about this, I'll try not to do it on your show, but um, Rosemary, I met her, um, we were doing a program in Aspen, Colorado, and Rosemary, just the most gracious woman. I mean, this, she was genuinely gracious. You know, people say things in this business, yeah. and they don't really mean them, you know? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll never forget working with her in, uh, in Aspen, Colorado, and she heard me sing, and she says, you got it. You just need to do. You just need to do, do more gigs, and so she, at the time, there was there was this real big band resurgence, and she said, "I need to put you in touch with blah 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 blah." Now again, I'm like, "Wow, this is Rosemary Clooney saying this to me," and that 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 means that, that this woman had a musical history and yeah. just a a history that is just amazing, and so as we were leaving. She said, you know, I'm going to be in Kansas City. When I get to Kansas City, I'm going to look you up. Wow. And, you know, I thought, okay, she's just being nice and, you know, being right. gracious. <laughs> she came to Kansas City. I get a phone call. Um, Can you be at the Rosemary Clooney concert tonight? Oh, she goodness. would like you to, to share the stage. I said, oh, my I, God. That's amazing. Yeah. I
3: yeah. mean,
2: just let me tell you. <laughs> It's stuff like that, that, you know, yeah. when I think about it, I just, I just shudder because it's like, that really happened to me. And with that gesture and she followed through on it, she has no idea. She she would never have an idea of how that just restored my faith in just wow. everything, especially That's, in this business.
0: Yeah, especially in this business to have that kind of genuine Humanity. Yes, I love that. Well, let's, let's jump to Herbie Hancock.
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> Ooh, Herbie. He is, he is walking musical philosophy <laughs> in motion. <laughs> Let me tell you, Herbie, I learned so much from this man. Quick story about Herbie. We were in some place, we were doing a program somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know where I forget. And there was a convention in town. So most of the high end hotel rooms were taken up. Okay. And the only place left was the Ramada Inn. Okay. Um, Herbie has a way of teaching 24 seven without telling you he's teaching you something. Right. So of course there are, there are some, there's some young instrumentalists who are on, on the, on the, the gig. And, and so of course their chests are out, you know, I'm with Herbie Hancock, blah, blah, blah. And so, but we're at the Ramada, the Ramada Inn is the only, it's the only hotel that has rooms that Herbie of course is beyond that. He's, he is used to presidential suites, et cetera. So everybody was nervous because there was no other place to stay and they didn't, you know, they wanted Herbie to be comfortable, et cetera. And so, um, All of the team was like, oh, my God, we're going to have to tell Herbie that we're at the Ramada Inn. And oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so we all happened to be standing there when the announcement got made that this is the only place to stay. And Herbie said, "Okay, cool. Now, Herbie Hancock (laughs) said, "Okay, cool. Let me tell you what the lesson was there. And uh, just an amazing lesson in humility. If Herbie Hancock is cool, everybody's cool. Everybody's cool. cool.
1: Yeah. 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 Nobody, no, great.
2: N- no one, no one should have any, any problems with anything and you know, oh, I don't want to no, uh. Uh-uh. Herbie, Herbie has, he has a way of teaching you about humility by just how he lives his life.
0: That's beautiful. And, and you know, I gotta believe that comes through in the music as well. I mean, that's, a that's yes. you know, oh, that absolutely. generosity, that flexibility, that authenticity. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's shift gears here towards the end. I'm going to quickly uh, cut to uh, our last musical um, selection. I want to play for people at the Trocadero, which was the piece that you sang on my album. Thank you very much for that. Yes. Um, and these, this was a lyrics I wrote about my parents and their early days of falling in love at a jazz club in Kansas City, and and uh, through their older years. And Wayne Hawkins, uh, the piano player on the album, did a wonderful yeah. composition. The lyrics, and you made it all come alive with uh, Doug Talley on tenor sax. The um, two of you together were amazing. You. But uh, I, to me, it's kind of fun to, to to play a piece from thirty years ago that we recorded, <laughs> and play this piece that we recorded just a few years ago. Um, let's listen to that, and then we'll come back and wrap up with a couple of news updates from you on what's coming up next. So here is Lisa Henry uh, on my album, "The Dremelos Ballads," with a composition called "At the Trocadero." Let's take a listen.
1: The night was young And so was their future His Chevy Coupe Pulled up to the club The music swung That sepia summer A soundtrack for Two people in love, glowing with light. The club trucker, got cocktails and jazz. That cool '50s craze. Dancing was tight in front of the trio Music so smooth, just room to sway Saxophone hums around a sweet mission (laughs) the trio's gone Good day.
0: featuring Lisa Henry, and uh, uh, nothing's wrong with your video screen. Lisa did not walk into the light. She turned on the light. We've been talking so long. I love that about these kind of just informal, you know, these are not polished television productions with these informal <laughs> conversations we have. The sun was literally going down
1: uh,
0: on Lisa. We've been talking so long. So um, so she, she she flipped on the, the light, and, and it's nice to see you again. Here yeah, good to see you uh but but, let's wrap up things with you were sharing with me before we started to record a, a few nuggets about your ongoing um relationship with the institute which uh, has now become the herbie hancock Institute right yes uh talk a little bit about what you've got coming up uh with them and where people might have a chance to see you and what you'll be doing.
2: Oh my gosh, you know there's always exciting stuff happening with the herbie Hancock Institute of jazz um they're just wow, and I'm very blessed to have from that demo tape 30 years ago. um, I'm coming upon a 30 year relationship with with the Institute. Um, I've gotten, uh, I've been very privileged to to really travel the world with them. Um, What's coming up, they have, I believe the piano competition is going to be coming up very, very soon. Um, And this year it's gonna be in New York. Normally it's at the Smithsonian, in Washington DC so to be in New York this year and they are honoring Diane Reeves the amazing
0: Diane oh, Reeves, god. my god wonderful
2: every time I say her name it's like oh my god
0: yeah, and, uh, yeah.
2: yes and so I'm gonna be a, a part of that and I'm very very excited about that and then um, I will be, I'll, pro- I'll probably be touring again with them in the spring. We normally do the um, Jazz in America Peer-to-Peer program where we go to a state and we pick out a school district and we're there for a week to, you know, teach the kids about jazz, about just, you know, everything that has to do with music, what they want to do in life. It, it, it becomes more of, uh, you know, just an encouragement because the young people who, who are traveling with with, with with the institute, these are high school players playing at a top level. So the kids in the audience get to see kids their age playing. Yeah, it's this wonderful.
0: Music. That's incredible. Yeah.
2: And and normally there there's a guest artist who also joins me. Last year it was um, Sean Jones, who w- was on the tour. Uh, wonderful trumpet player. And um, let's see here. Um, gosh. Oh goodness. His name is escaping me. I feel so bad. Um, I'll remember it later, but okay. yeah, so they always have a guest artist in the past. It's been Antonio Hart. Um, it's gosh, it's been Christian McBride, uh, would, you, you know, would, would tour along with this. So what's nice is the young players, we kind of acclimate them to what, what life would be like on the road for real. Nice. And so, yeah, so they're, they're, they're having the 6 a.m. wake-up calls. they got to have their stuff packed downstairs at the lobby. Yeah, they get to experience all of that.
0: <laughs> you know, you seem especially dedicated to the next generation of musicians. Um, is that just, I don't know, you, are, are you a teacher at heart? Is that is that fair to say?
2: I am. I'm a mushy mama teacher. <laughs> you know, you know me, John. I'm just, yeah, yeah. It is you know, it's funny because I, I tell people if this whole music thing hadn't worked out, I probably would be celebrating thirty years as a teacher and about to retire.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I bring it full circle to, to Everett Devan. He poured a lot into me. And so um and I remember something T. S. Monk said to us when we were on the road. He said, you know, you're obligated to pass the summer because the jazz masters of the past, they passed it on. So you don't get to sit with this and take it with you. You must pass it on. That's
0: yes. such a beautiful thought, a beautiful way to wrap up our time together let those thoughts linger and ring in people's ears. Um, you did bring it full circle. And I'm so grateful to you, Lisa. I'm grateful to you uh, for, for being a part of my musical journey and for not just doing my home. That was sweet. But, you know, I just I have these memories of looking up from setting up my drums at Plaza 3 in Kansas City and seeing Lisa <laughs> walk in. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good gig. She's on oh, this one, too. Gosh. This is great, you know. Um, but uh, the feelings you mutual. for all of this and for, for taking time out to, to share your thoughts and experiences on Easy Jazz Spotlight, it's a wonderful series of videos that the folks at Easy Jazz at FM um, uh, are, are putting out on YouTube for people to learn from others, Discover new music, get inspired by by artists, and I thank you for uh, for doing all of that today on today's show.
2: Awesome, thank you, thank you for having me. As always, I just, I, I just, I miss you so much around here in Kansas uh, City, but I see you doing great you things on the West Coast. And yes, <laughs> every everything you said goes right back to you. You know, I think of all of those of the amazing instrumentalists, and I have to say this because it was the instrumentalist really are responsible for making me who I am Uh, the fact that I could listen to you and ask questions and you know all of that was a part of my growth so um, I always say that a a vocalist never comes to her fullness by herself she's surrounded by a drummer a bass player a piano player a saxophonist who's a part of that growth so I thank you
0: You're, you're sweet. We, we all need each other. Well, Lisa, thank you. Uh, it's farewell for now. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And everybody, thanks for checking out Easy Jazz Spotlight. We'll talk soon. Bye bye. All
1: right. Thanks. Bye bye.